0: We have been going through a study in the book of Ecclesiastes in a series of entitled, The Search for Life. And as we come to Ecclesiastes chapter 12, this is the last message on Ecclesiastes. Solomon is up in years. And we're going to look at a description of the struggle with a body that's aged. And, you know, I thought, years ago, I I had read this guy, and he he was talking about what was really on his mind. His prayer was, God, don't let me become a grumpy old man. And I have thought about that through the years a number of times. I thought, Lord, I see myself, it just seems like I'm just getting more and more impatient. Lord, please, please. Don't let me become just a grumpy old man. Always paying attention to my my pains and my my discomforts. Lord, give me Your Spirit, Lord. That, That I'm not sour, but sweet. I don't want to be a sour saint. But Lord, You have to do that work. And anyway, as we look at Ecclesiastes 12, we see a description this morning. And I just want to... Read verse 1, and we're going to march down through here and then look at the text. But So I'm going to ask you, stand in God's honor when you find that. It's Ecclesiastes 12, we're just going to read the first verse. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Let's pray. God, it's good to be... Together in your house, Lord. And Father, as we take some time to look at your truth, speak to our hearts, God. And Father, I I ask that you might anoint me and empower me to speak clearly, God. Uh, help me not to stumble over my words and, Father, to be boring. I, I pray, Father, that instead of, Lord, that you might speak. And, God, that we might hear from you, Lord, because we need to. We all are hurting in different ways. And like George saying, Lord, um, we're always kids in Your eyes, God. And uh, thank You for that, Lord. There's always a place for us. Help us remember that, God, even if we're kids that are getting a little older and have a different struggle. And Lord, we just lift this all to You. In Your name we pray. Amen. Now. Here in verse 1, he gives an overall general view of the struggle there. He calls it the days of trouble. He says, when the years approach, you'll say, I find no pleasure in them. Uh, As I was studying, I looked across just some signs, some warning signals, guys, that you may have a few years on you. Uh, We'll read just a few of these. There's a whole bunch of them. But uh, sign number one, you and your teeth don't sleep together. Might be a sign. Sign number two, you try to straighten out the wrinkles in your socks and discover you weren't wearing any. Your back goes out, but you stay home. When you wake up looking like your driver's license picture, man, isn't that scary? Uh, Your idea of weightlifting is standing up. Everything hurts, and what doesn't hurt doesn't work. These are just a few and this is a general description. As we get older, the, our bodies begin to break down and remind us that we weren't designed always to live here in this body. But there's another home that awaits us. Now as we go down through the text here, there's descriptions of that battle and I want to look at uh, this description this morning. It's a more detailed description, that's a general description. Beginning in verse 2, there is a reference here to failing memory. It says, Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark, and the clouds return after the rain. The mind becomes cloudy. becomes dark. Suddenly we have more trouble remembering. You know, I, I think of the story of the guy. He, he was trying to be spiritual. And he was trying to witness. And he asked this guy, he said, He said, do you ever think about the hereafter? And he said, all the time. I go into a room and I'm looking around and I'm thinking, what am I hereafter? The memory goes out. And, and you know, I like to, I like to joke around and, you know, I had, uh, the old timers, I don't have old timers, but now I can't say that I have young timers, so I must have middle timers is, is the way that I feel. But I ran across this too as I was studying this quote. I love this. <laughs> So someone made this observation. I find that one of the most disturbing aspects of aging in my gro- is my growing inability to recall important information, like the Greek alphabet, the gross national product of Lebanon, where I left my glasses. This becomes particularly pronounced when I go upstairs to get something. Halfway up I realize I have no inkling of what it is I'm going upstairs to get. So should I go back downstairs and try to remember what it is I needed, or should I continue up and look around for something that needs bringing down? Unable to decide, I resort to sitting on the landing, only to discover that after three minutes I've completely forgotten whether I was originally going upstairs or going down. Man! As it happens. Or the 80-year-old couple with a memory of... They, they were having trouble remembering and so they went to a counselor. What can we do? Because our memories are failing. They said, well, write down. Write down what you need to remember. So they went home. A guy got up and he was going to the kitchen. His wife said, honey, I'd really like to have a bowl of ice cream with strawberries on top and some whipped cream. He says, I want you to write that down so you remember. Oh, no problem. I can remember. You can remember the ice cream. I've got it. You can remember the strawberries. No problem. The whipped cream. Oh, yeah. Comes back about 20 minutes later with bacon and eggs. She looks down at it and she says, you forgot to toast. <laughs> the memory fails. It, it, kind of, it goes away. Now, let, let's go on. We continue on this description. Look at verse 3. When the keepers of the house tremble, this is a reference to the body growing weaker, beginning to fail, showing signs of wear and tear. And then next, and strong men stoop, the body begins to become bent over, not as agile as he or she once was. Next up, when the grinders cease because they are few, start having tooth trouble. Those old grinders begin to wear down and end up losing some of our teeth. Next, and those looking through the windows grow dim. The eyes don't work like they used to. Even my age, you know, I complain all the time. I take my glasses off, put them on, take them off, put them on. Still hadn't come to that point yet where I'm going to change my whole prescription. But, but it changes. The eyes change. They, they grow dimmer as the years go by. As as time goes by. And then he goes on, um, verse 4. When the doors to the street are closed, and the sound of the grinding fades. (laughs) Maybe a picture here that all the teeth are gone. No grinding sound, no noise of chewing. When men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. Can't hear. His hearing is no longer there. Or it's weak. Man, it hadn't been that long ago. I know even for me, I, Lydia was home and TV was on. And, and she's going nuts. And she said, Dad, can't you hear that whining sound? I said, what whining sound? It's driving me nuts. It wasn't driving me nuts. Evidently, that part of my hearing has gone. And, and as the years go by, and then you get these hearing aids... And people try to amplify the sound because the sound doesn't come like it used to come. Then down verse 5. When men are afraid of heights and of danger in the streets, there's a fear of declining health. Then it says when the almond tree blossoms. What's the deal with the uh, almond tree? Well, almond tree, when it blooms... It's white blooms, so when you look at it, it's white on top. Sign of white hair, the years going by. Of course, the scripture says that that's a crown of splendor, but in our culture, so often those as of the age are not treated with the respect that should be due them. That shows that they have marched through life, and that there's wisdom there to be gleaned by those who are younger. And then he says. Uh, and the grasshopper drags himself along. Those old stiff limbs don't want to get out of that chair. It takes a long time sometimes just to get up. To get up and go and got up and gone. And then he says, and the desire no longer is stirred. And most commentators think that's probably some reference to sexual desire. and um, You know, say, well thank God that's last on the list. Maybe the last thing to go, but it is on the list. And and then he, um, you know, it's interesting. As I look down here, I I thought of those in the Scriptures who were older. I thought of Moses. You know, there's a sense of people that as they get older, they they think, well, there's regrets. And there's been a lot of mistakes in life. And you play those memories back. Those regrets. Wish I hadn't done that. Or, man, why did I do that? And then there's just fear. I, I, you know, I'm getting older. Can I take care of myself? Um, is my body just not going to work at all? How am I going to continue to be independent? I remember I had a teacher in, in a seminary. that told me it always, it always stuck on my mind. He said, getting older is like your set of keys and you take off one key at a time until your key ring is empty. And, and so there's that possible fear. <laughs> and, and then there's a fear of uselessness. Am I going to be able to be useful? Does anybody gonna is anybody gonna need me as I get older? And, and these are fears that are real, and we live in an aging society. You know, um not that long ago in the um I was trying to find the date here. In 1904 4% of the population in our country was over 65. And in 2000, this is how things have changed. There were 200,000 people that were 100 years old or older. They're saying by, or in the world, not just in our country. In 2013, they're saying across the world, there'll be 3 million. 3 million people 100 years old or older. Which is a sign of a growing group of people as we look at our scripture. Now, he moves on here. He talks about not just that our body's growing older, but guys, we're headed toward death. Headed toward death and dying. Look at the scripture here. Um, he says at the end of verse 5 Then man goes, man goes to his eternal home, and mourners go about the streets. You head toward an eternal home. You know what it says here that's interesting? It doesn't say that when you die and you just go to sleep and that's it. That's the end of it. You just, you know, become ant food and that's it. But it says then you head to an eternal home. And that means everybody's headed somewhere to a home that lasts forever. You don't just fall asleep and it's over. You go somewhere. And so it's critical. And one part that's important to us in the message that we share from the Scriptures that's so clear is, where are you going? What home? Are you going to be with the Lord or are you going to be separated, severed from Him forever? Are you going to know life to the full or are you going to know what the Bible says is a place of punishment and suffering because you chose not to submit to God and to His truth and His Word and to His Savior who died on the cross? Death is real. It's coming. And we'll face it. Notice here in verse 6. Remember Him before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken. The silver cord, probably a reference to the spinal cord. Uh, Possibly a reference to a great fall here where a person is hurt and then broken beyond repair of breaking that spinal cord and then confined to a bed or to a place of sitting, not able to get up. And then he says, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the wheel. This is a picture of a pump that's working to bring forth water at the well." I think a picture of the heart that pumps blood throughout our body and keeps us vigorous and alive, but that, that that heart pump is weakened and it's shattering. Man, it's headed toward death! That's that's the word that's being shared here, that we're all headed that direction. I heard that a few years ago. There was an undertaker in Washington, D.C. that loved to always, on uh, his letterhead, he'd always sign it, eventually yours. <laughs> eventually yours. We're headed that direction, guys. We can't stop that. We are all headed toward death and then to life. To a destination somewhere. Um, If you've remembered your Creator, back to verse 1, if you've remembered your Creator in the days of your youth, He will remember you at the day of your death to remember Him. It says in Matthew 7:21 Not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven it says many will say to me on that day lord lord did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles verse 23 says then i will tell them plainly i never knew you Away from Me, you evildoers. So what's He saying? You can do all kinds of nice things for people. You can go about doing good deeds, but that doesn't mean that you're saved, that you're forgiven by the work of the cross. It's not enough just to be good. You must be covered with His goodness. The goodness of Jesus Christ. And guys, without that... There's a rude awakening. Um, years ago, there's a man in Kilgore, Texas, who ended up um, running into a ditch. And a guy came by and found him unconscious in the car. And this is back before, you know, everybody had their cell phones and it was so easy to communicate. And so they, this guy, he took him out of the car and he drove to a nearby service station to get to a phone. Called nine one one, so the ambulance came and they put him on the stretcher and they're getting ready to put him in the ambulance and he's looking up, you know, he looks at the service station sign. And anyway, he, the guys, he's shaking violently. He's panicked. He's acting crazy. And and they're like, you know, calm down. They're trying to calm him down. They get into the emergency room and and they find out what happens later. Why he was so upset. Was the service station he was at, guys, was a shell service station, and the S had fallen off. And so what it said is hell open twenty-four hours. And that's what he saw, and it shook him up. And you know what? Hell is open twenty four hours. But so is heaven. And that's what that's what God offers is opportunity for heaven. And we need to be prepared. Now, let's go on down through the text. uh, Verse 9. He says, Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and said in order many proverbs, the teacher searched to find just the right words. And what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. Their collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them with making many books. There is no end and much study wearies the body. Now, he, he talks here and he uses the picture here. He says the words of the wise are like goats used to to. to prod or, or to get the attention of of livestock. To move them in a direction they need to go. And and I think what Solomon is saying here, he says, guys, I want to I want to I want to get your attention. I, I I want you to think about God and I want you to think about the fact that we're all dying. And that we all need a Savior and that we all need God. And we need we need to turn to him and, and this is a matter that you can't neglect or you can't ignore because whether you are aware or not? You're headed that way, and and if you miss God, you missed it all. And that brings to the conclusion of the matter as we wrap up here. The importance of respect of relationship. Notice what he says here as we come to the end of the book. He says, "Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. This wraps it up, guys. We've come to a man who has had it all. He's tried it all, and he said it's empty. It's meaningless. It's vain." So what is the answer? He said here it is, the conclusion. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Makes me think of John fourteen twenty one where Jesus says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He too will be loved by my Father and I too will love Him and show myself to Him. God's looking for a change of heart. And of course, this is before the understanding and the revelation of all of it being fulfilled in Jesus Christ, which we now know. And so what's He saying? He's saying, man, I I want you to know in in the terms of the New Covenant, I want you to know God in His fullness. How's He revealed in His fullness? Jesus it says in uh, John seventeen I'm going to turn there and share that with you real quick. It says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. He says, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence for the glory I had with you before the world began. Eternal life is to know Jesus. To know His forgiveness. And that's the conclusion of the matter. Not not just in words. Not just as an ideal. But as your life. The conclusion of the matter is that He gets a hold of you, man. He makes you a new person. And that His forgiveness becomes something real to you. It's not just an event. It's life. That He wants to get a hold of you and change you. And, and redirect your heart and your path and and, and, and what you want. He, he, that's our God. That's His desire. That's His heart. And, and that's the way He wants to move us. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. The last part of that verse says, He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. Man, I don't know your heart. You don't fully know my heart. But you know what? God knows. God knows. You can fool me. You can pull the wool over my eyes. It's not too hard. But not God. So we have to individually... Look at God and, and, and be honest before God and say, God, okay, where, where am I with you? I'm, I'm headed toward death. Have I got this stuff settled? Have I given my heart to you? Have I received your forgiveness? Is my heart in line with you? And and and, and you know, if we leave here today, and I, I just want to go you from the scriptures, the scriptures. Think about this stuff. It's critical to eternity a life that's forever, to get this stuff fixed and to get it nailed down. Think about this thought here. If you're a believer, this place here is the closest you'll ever get to hell. But now let's think about the reverse of that. If you're not a believer, this place is the closest you'll ever get to heaven. Not a good swap on the negative end of it. Great for us. May God make us more and more like Jesus as He keeps us here for as long as He desires. I want to close. uh, You know, life is like a vapor. It goes so quick. I want to close with this prayer from Margaret Menary Isbert. Uh, Great prayer of what we want God to do. Lord, Thou knowest better than myself that I'm growing older and will soon be old. Keep me from becoming too talkative and especially from unfortunate habit that I must say something on every subject at every opportunity. Release me from the idea that I must straighten out other people's affairs. With my immense treasure of experience and wisdom, it seems a pity not to let everybody partake of it. But thou knowest, Lord, that in the end, I will need a few friends. (laughs) Keep me from the recital of endless details. Give me wings to get to the point. Grant me the patience to listen to the complaints of others. Help me to endure them with charity. But seal my lips on my own aches and pains. They increase with the increasing years and my inclination to recount them is also increasing. I will not ask thee for improved memory, only for a little more humility and less self-assurance when my own memory doesn't agree with that of others. Teach me the glorious lesson that occasionally I may be wrong. Keep me reasonably gentle. I do not have the ambition to become a saint. It's so hard to live with some of them. (laughs) But a harsh old person is one of the devil's masterpieces. Make me sympathetic without being sentimental, helpful but not bossy. Let me discover merits where I had not expected them, and talents and people whom I had not thought to possess any. And Lord, give me the grace to tell them so. Amen. Let's pray. All right, God, here we are, Lord. It's easy to talk about everybody else, but what about me? It's time to be honest before You, Lord. We call this time invitation or a chance to respond. Father, I, my hope is that You have spoken. So Lord, what now? There is an altar to come and to pray. Draw Your people to come and pray, Lord. There is a chance to stand before the body of Christ and to share what You're doing. God, what do we, how do we need to respond to You this morning? Is there one here who has never said, I, I need the forgiveness that God offers in Jesus Christ? Um, it's available to just, to just say, Lord, forgive me a sinner that needs You. Enter my heart, make me new. Um, I'll trust in what You have accomplished at Calvary. And God, I just pray, anyone there, if that's where You are, just pray. Just ask God. Just be open. Just come. Um, and, and maybe, maybe there are those here, Lord, and, and I don't know, you've gotten a hold of their heart, and this is a place where you want them to connect, to worship, to be a part of your, your local body of believers. Uh, God, bring those that need to come to say, you know, King's Way is where God wants me to serve and plug in for Him. Or God, maybe, um we just felt useless or afraid or God, just these years that have gone by have just grabbed a hold of us and made us grumpy. Oh, God, help us, Lord. Because people need those who trust in You. And we need to be that. So help me, help my brothers and sisters here, Lord, to let You leak through their lives, God. Father, here we are in this time. It's a holy time, Lord, to let You move. As we stand to sing, may we come as You lead us, God that's what's needed, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.